Hey, this is Nathan. And this is Thomas. Thanks so much for joining us today on Not the Pastor. We have a wonderful interview lined up for you with Ryan Wrench. Ryan has been working on staff in Temecula, California for a good number of years. He's worked for his dad there, been the youth pastor at his church, also recently took over as the associate pastor. And and man, he just has a wealth of wisdom and knowledge about youth ministry. We talked to him some about that in this conversation, but then also we talked really about learning your strengths and just being the person that God wants you to be. I think this is going to be a help to you. Listen in as we talk to Ryan Wrench. Wrench here with us today. So, Ryan Wrench, why don't you get us started? Tell us a little bit about you, who you are. Tell us a little bit about your family. Yeah, my name is Ryan Wrench. I've been working for my dad here in Temecula, California, the Calvary Baptist Church. Uh, we've been here since 2010, so May just crossed over 10 years, and nine of those was as youth pastor. Took over almost as soon as we got here, and then. Um, and then the past year, I've just been cruising, man. No problems. Taking it easy, giving it over to a guy. We passed it on to one of my old teenagers, Christian Saldana, graduated Heartland a couple of years ago. So yeah, so it's been awesome. Yeah, you're doing nothing now. There's there's nothing exactly. To do. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's hilarious. Um, yeah. So I have three kids. I got a son and two daughters, and that's you know part of. Part of ministry learning is learning what it means to be a dad and a husband too. Yes. So that's been all part of the training and the ministry also. They they come alongside. Actually, my wife does all the ministry and I, right. you know, I help her out some. We know what Let, that's Let's like. be honest. Yeah, us too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good. So that's, we're transitioning. Uh, my dad's transitioning the church sometime in 2021. Um, and so if it's the will of the church, we'll vote on that. Uh, who knows exactly when, but we're kind of in that transition process this year. I'll be preaching more to our church. It's been since the shutdowns, I've been preaching about half and half. Um, and so that's, that's the process now. It's super awesome to hear those stories of transition. Um, people have different ideas about how that should work, but it's wonderful when there's a plan in place. And so it sounds like, uh, sounds like your dad's has a plan there and wants to make sure that the people are, are ready and know who you yeah. are coming yeah. in. Obviously you've been there for 10 years. Yeah. He just wanted to be wise and try to not let a church crumble and die. And, you know, like Dr. Hardy says, just, him become the grandpa to the church instead of the pastor type of thing. So I think it was wise. That's awesome. Wonderful. Brother Ryan, what is it like working at a church with your family? My dad planted the church when I was six months old. So that's where I've grown up and that's all I've known. And then um, I worked for Brother Hardy in Stillwater, Oklahoma for a couple of years right after college and got my master's during that time and then came back in 2010 after graduating the second time. And then, and that's when I started actually working in the church that I sure, grew up in. Sure. And what are some of the, the struggles or benefits or wonderful things that go on because of your, I mean, man, it's a church you grew up in. Yeah. Dad's yeah, the pastor. Awesome. Honestly. Yeah. For us, it's just the whole, uh, it's been all good. We were just over at my parents' house last night. They have three acres here in Southern California and 
our three kids were playing with the two cousins. My brother lives on property there too. And so their two boys are there the same ages. They're at the beach today with my sister and her family and my brother and their family. So it's like that part of it is just, it's awesome. There's no, no better place to live. And where God's called us has been, it's been incredible. I think, you know, transitioning to someone like my dad as a boss being completely different from somebody like brother Hardy. Sure. It's like the training I received from Brother Hardy is obviously different, but then the life of who my dad is, is, you know, training all by itself. And so that, that's such an anchor that I can hold on to. It's all good, man. It's so good. That's wonderful. You mentioned the transition, obviously, that you're going through right now, but can you tell us a little bit about the transition you just went through? You had mentioned Brother Christian Saldana taking Mm -hmm. over the youth the youth pastor position at your church. Now he was, if I understand a young man that came through your youth department, he, Mm -hmm. he sat under your preaching. He sat under your ministry there. What can you tell us about that transition? Yeah, I was super hardcore when I first started in 2010 and really had a bunch of ideals of what I wanted our youth ministry to be. And, um, Oh, don't we all, (laughs) you know, but I wanted, I wanted a youth pastor that was going to be at least as forceful in that area as I was like, I wanted somebody who was going to come in and just, you know, get to work. I didn't want to babysit or have to do all kinds of fixing or anything like that. And then what I really watched for was not just a carnal drive to do something, but a heart for God. So what I saw in Brother Christian, even as a teenager, he was, I think, a sophomore when I took over and, you know, had a lot of ups and downs too. But but legitimately what I saw was just a heart for God. And that's what I wanted our young people to be under. So even if we did something, even if we were stylistically different, I could at least trust that he was seeking God for to be able to do the best thing for the teenager that I had tried to pastor, so to speak. And I wanted him to have a heart to pastor, you know, and to shepherd that little flock that he was going to have and to have vision and to drive something forward for them. And so he's just really entrepreneurial minded. He's really hard worker. He's he's just very quality at what he does. He's just he's just good. He's just smart. And so I wanted somebody that could, you know, keep up with with that. And I wouldn't be bummed to have taken my place. I wanted it to keep on going, not in the same direction, but I wanted it to keep, I wanted the youth ministry to keep on going. And from what I could tell from him and from his wife, Sarah, I really, really liked Sarah and thought that they would be a great fit for our church and and for our people. That's so good. So with having Christian uh, part of your youth group, was that something you were thinking about even back then? Was that something that kind of grew out of the, just a continued relationship after he graduated, those kind of things? Yeah, not necessarily him in particular. I would invest in the guys that wanted it and he was one that wanted it. And so we went through, you know, I did a full on homiletics class with three of the guys, you know, <laughs> and so we went through Robinson's biblical preaching and he was one of them with a couple other younger guys. Yeah, that's awesome. And so we'd have like weekly classes and they'd 
preach sometimes. So he would develop in those ways, but not necessarily yeah. specifically as the next guy. That's so funny because the guy that took over for me is was also in my youth group and we did the same thing, right? He was one of the guys <laughs> that took my homiletics class. I, I I'm using it, air man. quotes when I say that. He got a better one when he went off to school. And so we're glad, <laughs> we're glad, right. that, glad about that. But yeah, that was another thing. I wanted a Bible preacher yes. in the youth ministry yep. and I wanted somebody who wasn't just going to you know, mess around in there, but truly yeah. give them the word of God. So I, that was like my hardcore focus was the ideals I had instilled weren't necessarily stylistic. They were all about a youth group on the Bible. That's good. And I don't know that we ever accomplished that, but I wanted somebody at least with that goal. Absolutely. I know you, you laid the groundwork for that. Even with some of the, the books that you wrote, I mean, with uh, bibs and just mm. kind of led your youth group right through how to study and use the Bible as a part of their life. So I appreciate so much that that's the mindset, yeah. not just for everyone else, but that you put that into practice in, in your youth group and then got to continue yeah. that going forward. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like for missions, trips and things that those those were the requirements to be able to be qualified to go on the missions trips were things like the the bibs process. Oh, and all that's that. a great idea. Yeah. Another topic when it comes to youth ministry specifically is communication and man, can that be a challenge sometimes if, if it's not done well, it can create issues. And I, I've, I've heard people say there's no such thing as over communicating. What ways have you found to successfully, or what things did you do to help communication with your teens as well as the parents of your teens? Yeah, we would do a uh, we would do an announcement sheet every week, and that was um, something I was passionate about. I don't necessarily think it should be for every youth pastor, but just because I enjoyed the process of writing and then the deadline of doing that every single week, we would put a little half sheet announcement sheet together with a little note and then all the announcement details. So for anything coming up within the next two or three weeks. They were getting a piece of paper in their hand, you know, with every detail, what time we're leaving, what time it starts, how much it costs, all that kind of stuff. That's such a good idea. And we'd repeat that every week, every Sunday and Wednesday when we'd have class. My last year, I started doing a mailer to our our parents. And so it was kind of expensive because we were actually sending a piece of mail to every youth family. It was whatever, 20, 25 families or so. But I would do a separate note in there. I would also include the teen announcement sheet and just some silly little funny stuff in there too. And then I try to put it up on the church website and we had emails for the important things. And yeah, we would just try to pepper it everywhere we could. Yes. That announcement sheet is an idea I stole from you poorly. Um, so <laughs> me, uh, me too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did that. Yeah, it was. Um, I didn't get it done every week. It ended up being probably every third week. Is I kind of mm-hmm. it, it ended up when it was also the time I actually kind of got it going. It was probably I did one once a month and had mm-hmm. so then it almost mm-hmm. was like a newsletter at that point. Um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that helped. I felt like the format that you used with just even the announcements, but then some notes there, a personal touch to communicate to the teenagers or to the parents was super helpful. So I saw a couple that you put and actually used your book, One Youth Pastor's Toolbox that you Mm -hmm. wrote there. You had a couple examples in that. That was, was very helpful. 
Yeah, and it's just content production, which I think, you know, as churches and youth pastors, we're all we're all about content production already. We're cranking out content every single week. So I figured, hey, if the words are already there, we're already teaching something. We want like we are about developing ideas in other people and that takes words. So might as well write them down and put them in a format that people can take with them. If it's an announcement sheet, it's, you know, 250 words every couple days. If it's, you know, then that then that turned into categorizing all those announcement sheets over a seven-year period and putting the ones about loving God together and putting the others about prayer together, you know, and I put that into that devotional journal book. All that's to say, that's not for everybody. Like, that's what fits me. I think every youth pastor should do what what fits you the best. And so I've never tried to preach this as a as an ideal for every youth pastor, because it'll just, it'll burn some people if they're trying to, you know, write every week and they're not writers or they're trying to, or they're trying to study like somebody else and they don't study like that, you know? So I don't know. Writing was my thing and I enjoyed it. Can we, can we go deeper on that? That's just more that idea of doing what God has put you together to do, how mm-hmm. he has wired you. You mentioned writing is what you're good at specifically. Can you tell us about how you came to realize that? It's not even pretending to be good at it. I don't even think I'm a good writer yet. I'm just inclined toward it, you know? So it's okay. like whatever you're, whatever you're inclined toward doing, then learn to get good at that. And so that that concept, I was preaching through 1 Corinthians in the youth group, and obviously you get to 1 Corinthians 12 and 13 and 14 on the spiritual gifts. So we took spiritual gifts tests at, you know, little camp, little winter camps and things, and we would do, we would go through those concepts in um, the preaching series. And then, uh, you know, we did a whole camp t-shirt one time with the word idios on it, which is like, <laughs> you know, idiosyncrasies. And so we had this like idiots unite t-shirt and all that. And it was, you know, just, it was a scriptural thought that the Holy Spirit divideth severally according as he will, meaning the Holy Spirit gives the gifts differently to bring unity to the body, meaning that we're not all the same in the church body. And that's a, you know, a theological, scriptural principle, but it just has, I just want to make the Bible practical. Yeah. And so I would want to do what I was inclined toward doing and what I felt like God gifted me to do. So I just went heavy on, on some of the things that I felt God was leading me to. And I took Clifton Finder test, and it's not necessarily a personality test, but it's about, you know, actually finding your strengths and really focusing on your inclinations. And so that changed the way I read books and went after knowledge. It's like, wow. I thought I was one thing and it, you know, my number one trait that showed up and something like that was like learning. And it was like, wow. So it changed my media consumption. It changed what I put my mind and my time into just based on knowing, you know, what do I love doing already? And what's, what's a, if it's something I love doing, then maybe that's an indication that it is a strength. I I don't think it's arrogant to say that there's strengths. I think it's foolish to, you know, put this false humility up and claim yes. that you have no strengths. That's unbiblical. 
when the Holy Spirit says he has gifted you in some way, and he has called you to be some kind of help to the church, not just a personal help, not just self-development, but the reason he has given you those giftings is to benefit the body. And so I thought, man, if I can benefit my church body in some way through the giftings that he's given me, then I don't have to be the personality guy. That's never been my thing, but I love the youth pastors. Thank you. (laughs) You know, I don't have to be that either. (laughs) I love the youth pastors who are the personality guys and they have huge, you know, crowds of people around them all the time. And they're so fun. And it's like, don't try to be a writer. You just go be the, the most fun, influential youth pastor you can be. And, and don't try to write them notes and get all deep with them. Just get them to love God the same way you do through your personality, you know? And it's like whatever your inclination is. If you're a tech guy, then find your tech tools and, you know, make them, make them fit the ministry somehow. And so that's, that's been my thing all along. It's like writing notes. I'm not good at a lot of stuff. I try to be the best preacher I can be, but I'm not this big conference style preacher. I try to be good at, you know, relationships and I'll work really, really hard at that. But I'm just, you know, I'm not, I'm not great at that. Um, My wife's strength over the past year has really shown itself to be hospitality. And so our house is the most expensive tool we have. You know, we're paying whatever it is, 2000 bucks a month just to have this tool. And it's not just for my family. It's for the tool in the work of the Lord. And so if we're putting the money into this already, then we have our class over every Sunday and a bunch of people. It's like, so her strength is hospitality and encouragement. And so she'll be really good at working within her strengths. We'll be a great team working together as, you know, I bring what I feel like God's called me to bring to my marriage and to my ministry. And it's like writing, if writing notes is my thing or your thing, I'm just now reaping the benefits and some of the rewards of some of the seeds I planted as a youth pastor, not even knowing what was happening with the notes I was writing. But it was like, that was my way to communicate. I couldn't be the relationship guy, but I could express my heart through a handwritten note. And I'm amazed. My class right now, I I just had a conversation last week of a girl that talked about a whole um, tin full of stacks of notes that she got over the years of her being in the youth group. And, and a guy just texted me out of the blue after the hardest situation I'd ever faced with a teenager. And we're two or three years removed from that. And he texted me a picture of the note that I sent him right after all that. And Christian, our youth pastor, has a bunch of notes for me. And Annalise and Lois just got married. Uh, uh, Two sisters that came through and they talked about notes. And it's like, okay, we're seeing the results of these years of sewing now that they're all, you know, growing up and getting married. And it's It's awesome, man. If I could add one more to that, Brother Ryan, we were in school. I I specifically remember you writing me a note. I mean, out of, I don't know how many other guys in in the floor, you wrote me a note. And I think it was probably the only note I received that year from anybody. Not that they were doing it. Other guys were doing anything wrong, but it it impressed me to this day. I remember that Ryan Wrench wrote me an encouraging note as a young freshman Bible college student. And it had an impact on me. 
Yeah, but it's it's something super simple. It's something that doesn't take tons of time. That was part of my devotions in the mornings was write the RAs two or three times a semester and write some freshman guys. You know, yeah. and it was like that was just an easy way. It's almost like a life hack. Well, that that's exciting to hear just about um, names of students that were in your youth group that are are now they remember the impact that you had on them just i mean just through writing them notes yeah that's wonderful yeah and it's so simple i would always use i still always use a red pen really and so they're like oh man i i open this up and i just remember this whole page of red notes why a red pen i just like red okay know? so <laughs> sure that's why not why. good enough <laughs> uh, that's so funny i remember specifically brother pearson only correcting our papers in green ink because green marker yeah, yeah. because red was so um disruptive to our psyche you know? i know so, i know so i love mess them up man if they can't get over the the color of the ink then they probably don't need my yeah. Yeah. Note. <laughs> all these nice encouraging words in this angry red ink i love it yeah oh that's hilarious <laughs> Brother Ryan, what are some resources that you've used um, just to become a better staff person? I don't know specifically. I, I'm i always just trying to develop, I guess, my mind and my skills. And so first as a Christian and then as a dad and then as a, as a pastor and a preacher. Uh, so all of that kind of fits together as an administrator of the church. <laughs> I don't know. All of it just works together through through what I'm doing. I guess my my mentality first is theologian first. I want to be the best Bible student I can be. Yeah. Um, I appreciate your clarifying thought on that. It's not just that I have to know everything about the Bible, but that I'm learning about the Bible even as I go. And that's yeah, yeah that's a that's a help. Yeah, because I think the problem can become that we get so caught up in church administration and what the Andy Stanley podcast with, that we listen to and Craig Rochelle and, you know, all these guys that are the top if you search religious podcasts in, you know, any podcast search form, then leadership styles will come to the top. I've subscribed to some of that, but I think we can get so caught up in leadership that we miss being a theologian and helping our people with the Bible first. So a lot of my study, a lot of my reading is <laughs> commentaries and studying every single week for preaching, or I try to mix into my reading and audiobook listening, Christian development kind of books into that and apologetics kind of books into that. So, Brother Ryan, what would you say maybe top three books uh, that have influenced you or helped you? My my number one book I've always recommended, my favorite book ever is Unbroken. Okay. And um, that's the story of Louis Zamperini in a, a World War II prisoner of, of war camp. That's the best book I've ever read and probably my favorite. It has five or six cuss words through it. We gave it out at the GIBF several years ago, and we edited every single one we gave out with a Sharpie. So uh, we might might have a couple copies of that. Uh, Dr. Rasmussen at West Coast Baptist College sends out tons of those books every year, and he has a secretary go through. She's the most carnal secretary ever. That's all she does is black out bad words in that book. That's hilarious. So, um, she probably knows the page numbers of all of them. Yeah, right, point. yeah. She just do it in her sleep. Yeah. That's great. Um, so that's my favorite. Um, 
book. It's not a theological book, obviously, mm. but it's it's got an incredible Christian message to it too. It's amazing. So you mentioned that you listen to to some podcasts. Do you have a couple that you listen to regularly? A couple favorites that you have there? Oh man, I I almost don't miss a Ben Shapiro show podcast. If anything, it gives me a conservative take on the news and a patriotic view of you know our our history as Americans, and then also at least a religious perspective on the arguments that are out there. So I try to stay up with his Sunday specials. He'll have atheists on and philosophers on and musicians on. So he'll have all kinds of random people on that I'll disagree with. But I'd rather have an intelligent conversation with somebody knowing where they're coming from than just being dismissive of everything that's out there. So at least what it exposes me to is the thought process out there. And it has changed my entire view of the Old Testament, hearing from an Orthodox Jew, to hear him talk about the feasts and the uh, kosher diets. And I mean, to think through, as I read Leviticus, through an actual person trying to live it is fascinating. So it changed my view of Hebrews. It changed my view of Leviticus. It's It's been really, really good. I hadn't thought of that. Wow, that would be good. Yeah. Well, then obviously this one, this podcast. Would be and this podcast, right. no yeah, doubt. But it hasn't released it yet hasn't as of started. the date of this recording. <laughs> well, it's our favorite, okay? So <laughs> uh, very good. I appreciate that. Yeah. Hey, Brother Ryan, where can our listeners find out more about you? And we've talked about several of them, but you've written a good number of books. And it would be my estimation that most of our listeners probably need to purchase most of those books. That would just be my personal opinion. I've purchased all of them, I think. <laughs> I have um, them all. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Man, we went through bibs. I, I know you wrote it for teenagers, but I've taken adults through that book um, and just... Yep. It, it's been so good and helpful for many of our, for many people at our church. You, you've been a help to those people. Praise God, man. All of that. Yeah. Where can people find that information? Yeah, most of that, most of that could be on my website, ryanrench.com and R-Y-A-N-R-E-N-C-H.com. And then there's a book. I mean, there's a tab up there with the books that'll take you to the book website and, you know, they can mostly all be purchased on on Amazon. So I sell books in order to give them away at conferences and, uh, you know, high school chapels or camps and things like that. And to feed hungry children. Right. Yes. My, my hungry children. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Seriously, I, I love the mindset that you have about that. It, it ties into what you said about your house being a tool for hospitality. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's an incredible mindset that probably we all need to clue in a little bit better to that what God has given us, even the things that we would say like, no, this is just what I need to survive and live. All of it is to be used for his glory and honor. And mm-hmm. man, that's a, an appropriate view for how we, how we're supposed to live. I appreciate that so much. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Brother Ryan, as we're, as we're kind of starting to wrap this up, I think we're headed that direction. If you could go back you graduated from Heartland in 2010. If you could go back and talk to 2010 Ryan Wrench, fresh out of Bible college, Ryan Wrench, what piece of advice would you give him? Yeah, that was uh, that was idealistic, Ryan Wrench, I guess you could say. And so, and so that was you know not being 
not being so hardcore, but actually earning the right to speak into people's lives. Yes, um, that is so good. You know, to not speak before you're allowed to speak into that kind of speaking just turns people off um, before it does any kind of good. And uh, so more time plow on the ground before, you know, asking. Well, and probably in, in your case, writing those notes was probably one of the ways to plow that ground and, and yeah. earn, earn that. Yeah, all those little things. Yeah. That's such good advice. Yeah, consistency. Yeah, I just... Showing people you care and love. You them. know, talking to guys that... If it's our summer interns or other staff guys or something, it's like every little every little issue or every little problem, yeah, I'll take care of that and you don't take care of that. It's like the the trust you build with people is built in setting up chairs and turning off air conditioners and setting up classrooms so for people good. and making sure their kids get back from camp on time and making sure you communicate if you're going to be late. And it's like they give you the right when they see that you're worthy or or that you're gonna you know follow through so that was pastor hardy's mindset where you're not going to really have the right to speak spiritual things to speak about spiritual things into their life if you haven't even shown that you can be careful with the physical things so so that follow so, through follow-up is, is another huge way to, yeah. to earn that trust from people to be able to then influence right. them that's so good Thank you so much, Brother Ryan, for for your time. Yeah, it's a pleasure. I loved it. Thanks so much for joining us on Not the Pastor. If you want to join the conversation, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us at facebook.com backslash not the pastor. Hey, and if you're interested in taking that test that Ryan mentioned, that Strengths Finder test, that is, again, that's the Clifton Strengths Finder test. We've included a link to that in the bottom at the show notes. So you can find that again. That's the Clifton Strengths Finder test. Finally, we want you to rate and review us on whatever hosting site you found us. So that'll help get this podcast into a more public position so other people can find it and listen to it. That would be a huge help. So if you would rate and review us, we'd sure appreciate that. Yeah, and don't just rate us. Give us a five-star review. That's what we really want. Let's be honest. We want some five-star reviews here. We'll catch you next week on Not the Pastor.